Chapter 4, Part 2 of A Short Account of the History of Mathematics. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. This is a reading by Paul King, pjk.scripts.mit.edu forward slash pkj. A Short Account of the History of Mathematics by W. W. Rouse Ball. Chapter 4, Part 2. The First Alexandrian School, circa 300 BC to 30 BC. Archimedes. We know very little of Conan and Dositheus, the immediate successors of Euclid at Alexandria, or of their contemporaries Zeusippus and Nicoteles, who most likely also lectured there, except that Archimedes, who was a student at Alexandria probably shortly after Euclid's death, had a high opinion of their ability and corresponded with the three first mentioned. Their work and reputation had been overshadowed completely by that of Archimedes, whose marvellous mathematical powers have been surpassed only by those of Newton. Archimedes, who probably was related to the royal family at Syracuse, was born there in 287 BC and died in 212 BC. He went to university at Alexandria and attended the lectures of Conon, but as soon as he had finished his studies returned to Sicily where he passed the remainder of his life. He took no part in public affairs, but his mechanical ingenuity was astonishing and on any difficulties which could be overcome by material means arising, his advice was generally asked by the government. Archimedes, like Plato, held that it was undesirable for a philosopher to seek to apply the results of science to any practical use, but whatever might have been his view of what ought to be the case, he did actually introduce a large number of new inventions. The stories of the detection of the fraudulent goldsmith, and of the use of burning glasses to destroy the ships of the Roman blockading squadron will recur to most readers. Perhaps it is not as well known that Hiero, who had built a ship so large that he could not launch it off the slips, applied to Archimedes. The difficulty was overcome by means of an apparatus of cogwheels worked by an endless screw, but we are not told exactly how the machine was used. It is said that it was on this occasion, in acknowledging the compliments of Hiero, that Archimedes made the well-known remark that if he had but a fixed fulcrum, he could move the earth. Most mathematicians are aware that the Archimedean screw was another of his inventions. It consists of a tube, open at both ends, and bent into the form of a spiral, like a corkscrew. If one end be immersed in water and the axis of the instrument, i.e. the axis of the cylinder on the surface of which the tube lies, be inclined to the vertical at a sufficiently big angle, and the instrument turned round it, the water will flow along the tube and out the other end. In order that it may work, the inclination of the axis of the instrument to the vertical must be greater than the pitch of the screw. It was used in Egypt to drain the fields after an inundation of the Nile, and was also frequently applied to pump water out of the hold of a ship. 
the story that archimedes set fire to the roman ships by means of burning glasses and concave mirrors is not mentioned till some centuries after his death and is generally rejected but it is not so incredible as is commonly supposed the mirror of archimedes is said to have been made of a hexagon surrounded by several polygons each of twenty-four sides and buffon in seventeen forty seven contrived with the aid of a single composite mirror made on this model with a hundred and sixty-eight small mirrors to set fire to wood at a distance of a hundred and fifty feet and to melt lead at a distance of a hundred and forty feet this was in april and in paris so in a sicilian summer with several mirrors the deed would be possible and if the ships were anchored near the town would not be difficult it is perhaps worth mentioning that a similar device is said to have been used in the defence of constantinople in five fourteen a d and is alluded to by writers who either were present at the siege or obtained their information from those who were engaged in it but whatever be the truth as to this story there is no doubt that archimedes devised the catapults which kept the romans who were then besieging syracuse at bay for a considerable time these were constructed so that the range could be made either short or long at pleasure and so that they could be discharged through a small loophole without exposing the artillerymen to the fire of the enemy so effective did they prove that the siege was turned into a blockade and three years elapsed before the town was taken that is in 212 bc archimedes was killed during the sack of the city which followed its capture in spite of the orders given by the consul marcellus who was in command of the romans that his house and life should be spared it is said that a soldier entered his study while he was regarding a geometrical diagram drawn in the sand on the floor which was the usual way of drawing figures in classical times archimedes told him to get off the diagram and not spoil it the soldier feeling insulted at having orders given to him by an ig and ignorant of whom the old man was killed him according to another and more probable account the cupidity of the troops was excited by seeing his instruments and constructed of polished brass which they supposed to be made of gold the romans erected a splendid tomb to archimedes on which it was engraved in accordance with a wish he had expressed the figure of a sphere inscribed in a cylinder in commemoration of the proof he had given to a volume of a sphere which was equal to two-thirds that of the circumscribing right cylinder and its surface to four times the area of a great circle cicero gives a charming account of his efforts which were successful to rediscover the tomb in seventy five b c it is difficult to explain in a concise form the works or discoveries of archimedes partly because he wrote on nearly all the mathematical subjects then known and partly because his writings are contained in a series of disconnected monographs thus while euclid aimed at producing systematic treatises which could be understood by all students who had attained a certain level of education archimedes wrote a number of brilliant essays addressed chiefly to the most educated mathematicians of the day the work for which he is perhaps now best known is his treatment of the mechanics of solids and fluids but he and his contemporaries esteemed 
his geometrical discoveries of the quadrature of a parabolic area and of a spherical surface and his rule for finding the volume of a sphere as more remarkable while at somewhat later time his numerous mechanical inventions excited most attention on plane geometry the extant work of archimedes are three in number namely a the measure of the circle b the quadrature of the parabola and c one on spirals the measure of the circle contains three propositions in the first proposition archimedes proves that the area is the same as that of a right angle triangle whose sides are equal respectively to the radius and the circumference of the circle i e the area is equal to one half a multiplied by two pi a in the second proposition he shews that the ratio pi a squared to two times a all squared equals eleven to fourteen very nearly and next the third proposition that pi is less than three and one seventh and greater than three and ten over seventy one these theorems are of course proved geometrically to demonstrate the two latter propositions he inscribes and circumscribes about a circle regular polygons of ninety-six sides calculates their perimeters and then assumes the circumference of the circle to lie between them it would seem from the proof that he had some at present unknown method of extracting the square roots of numbers approximately b the quadrature of the parabola contains twenty-four propositions archimedes begins his work which was sent to dositheus by establishing some properties of conics propositions one through five he then states correctly the area cut off from a parabola by any chord and gives proof which rests on a preliminary mechanical experiment of the ratio of areas which balance when suspended from the arms of a lever propositions six through seventeen and lastly he gives a geometrical demonstration of this result propositions eighteen through twenty four the latter is of course based on the method of exhaustions but for brevity i will in quoting it use the method of limits let the area of the parabola see figure on next page be bounded by the chord pq draw vm the diameter to the chord pq by a previous proposition v is more remote from pq than any other point on the arc pvq let the area of the triangle pvq be denoted by delta in the segments bounded by vp and vq inscribe triangles in the same way as the triangle pvq was inscribed in the given segment each of these triangles is by a previous proposition of his equal to one-eighth delta and their sum is therefore one-quarter delta similarly in the four segments left inscribed triangles their sum will be one-sixteenth delta proceeding in this way the area of the given segment is shown to be equal to the limit delta plus delta over four plus delta over sixteen plus dot 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 plus delta over four to the power n plus dot 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 when n is indefinitely large the problem is therefore reduced to finding the sum of a geometrical series this he effects as follows 
let a b c d e f g h i j and k be a series of magnitudes such that each is one-fourth of that which precedes it take magnitudes lower case b lower case c up to lower case k equal respectively to one-third capital b one-third capital c all the way to one-third capital k then big b plus little b equals one-third big a big c plus little c equals one-third big b all the way to big k plus little k equals one-third big j hence the sum big p plus big c all the way to big k plus little c little b plus little c all the way to little k equals one-third of big a plus big b all the way to big j but by hypothesis little b plus little c dot 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 plus little j plus little k equals one-third of big b plus big c all the way to big j plus one-third k therefore big b plus big c all the way to big k plus one-third of big k equals one-third a therefore big a plus big b plus big c all the way to k equals four-thirds big a minus one-third big k hence the sum of these magnitudes exceeds four times the third of the largest of them by one-third of the smallest of them returning now to the problem of the quadrature of the parabola big a stands for delta and ultimately big k is indefinitely small therefore the area of the parabolic segment is four-thirds that of the triangle pvq or two-thirds that of the rectangle whose base is pq and altitude of the distance v from pq while discussing the question of quadratures it may be added that in the fifth and sixth propositions of his work on conoids and spheroids he determined the area of an ellipse c the work on spirals contains twenty-eight propositions on the properties of the curve now known as the spiral of archimedes it was sent to dositheus at alexandria accompanied by a letter from which it appears that Archimedes had previously sent a note of his results to Conon, who had died before he had been able to prove them. The spiral is defined by saying that the vectorial angle and the radius vector both increase uniformly, hence its equation is r equals c theta. Archimedes finds most of its properties, and determines the area enclosed between the curve and the two radii vectors this he does by in effect saying in the language of the infinitesimal calculus that the element of area is greater than one-half r squared d theta and less than one-half quantity r plus dr squared d theta to effect the sum of the elementary areas he gives the two lemmas in which he sums geometrically the series a squared plus 2a all squared plus 3a all squared dot 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 plus na all squared proposition 10 and a plus 2a plus 3a plus dot 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 plus na proposition 11 d in addition to these he wrote a small treatise 
on the geometrical methods and works on parallel lines triangles the properties of a right angle triangle data the heptagon inscribed in a circle and systems of circles touching one another possibly he wrote others too these are all lost but it is probable that fragments of four of the propositions in the last mentioned work are preserved in a latin translation from an arabic manuscript entitled lemmas of archimedes two on geometry of three dimensions the extant works of archimedes are two in number namely a the sphere and cylinder and b conoids and spheroids a the sphere and cylinder contain sixty propositions arranged in two books archimedes sent this like so many of his works to dositheus at alexandria but he seems to have played a practical joke on his friends there for he purposely misstated some of his results to deceive those vain geometricians who say they have found everything but never give their proofs and sometimes claim they have discovered what is impossible he regarded this work as his masterpiece it is too long for me to give an analysis of its contents but i remark in passing that in it he finds expressions for the surface and volume of a pyramid of a cone and of a sphere as well as that of the figures produced by the revolution of polygons inscribed in a circle about the diameter of the circle there are several other propositions on areas and volumes which perhaps the most striking is the tenth proposition of the second book namely that of all spherical segments whose surfaces are equal to the hemisphere has the greatest volume in the second proposition of the second book he enunciates the remarkable theorem that a line of length a can be divided so that the ratio a minus x to b equals the ratio for a squared to nine x squared where b is a given length only if b be less than one-third a that is to say the cubic equation x cubed minus a x squared plus four ninths a squared b equals zero can have a real and positive root only if a be greater than three b this proposition was required to complete his solution of the problem to divide a given sphere by a plane so that the volumes of the segments should be in a given ratio one very simple cubic equation occurs in the arithmetic of diophantus but with that exception no such equation appears again in the history of european mathematics for more than one thousand years b the conoids and spheroids contain forty propositions on quadrics of revolution sent to dositheus in alexandria mostly concerned with an investigation of their volumes c archimedes also wrote a treatise on the thirteen semi-regular polyhedrons that is solids contained by irregular but dissimilar polygons this work is lost three on arithmetic archimedes wrote two papers one addressed to zeusippus was on the principle of numeration this is now lost the other addressed to gilon was called tamiz the sand reckoner and in this he meets an objection which has been urged against his first paper the object of the first paper had been to suggest a convenient system by which numbers of any magnitude could be represented and it would seem that some philosophers at syracuse had doubted whether the system was practicable 
Archimedes said people talk of the sand on the Sicilian shore as something beyond the power of calculation, but he can estimate it, and further he will illustrate the power of his method by finding a superior limit to the number of grains of sand which would fill the whole universe, i.e. a sphere whose centre is the earth and whose radius is the distance to the sun. He begins by saying that in ordinary Greek nomenclature, it was only possible to express the numbers from 1 up to 10 to the power 8. These are expressed in what he says he may call units of the first order. If 10 to the power 8 be termed a unit of the second order, any number from 10 to the power 8 to 10 to the power 16 can be expressed as so many units of the second order plus so many units of the first order. If 10 to the 16 be a unit of the third order, any number up to 10 to the power 24 can then be expressed, and so on. Assuming that 10,000 grains of sand occupy a sphere whose radius is not less than 1 80th of a finger breadth, and that the diameter of the universe is not greater than 10 to the power 10 stadia, he finds that the number of grains of sand required to fill the universe is less than 10 to the power of 63. Probably this system of numeration was suggested merely as a scientific curiosity. The Greek system of numeration with which we are acquainted has been only recently been introduced, most likely at Alexandria, and was sufficient for all the purposes for which the Greeks then required numbers, and Archimedes used that system in all his papers. On the other hand, it has been conjectured that Archimedes and Apollonius had some symbolism based on the decimal system for their own investigations, and it is possible that it was the one here sketched out. The units suggested by Archimedes form a geometrical progression, having 10 to the 8th for the radix. He incidentally adds that it will be convenient to remember that the product of the mth and nth terms of a geometrical progression whose first term is unity is equal to the m plus nth term of the series, i.e. that r to the m times r to the n equals r to the m plus n. To these two arithmetical papers I may add the following celebrated problem with which he sent to the Alexandrian mathematicians. The sun had a herd of bulls and cows, all of which were either white, grey, dun, or piebald. The number of piebald bulls was less than the number of white bulls by five-sixths of the number of grey bulls, but it was less than the number of grey bulls by nine-twentieths of the number of dun bulls, and it was less than the number of dun bulls by thirteen-forty-seconds of the number of white bulls. The number of white cows was seven-twelfths of the number of grey cattle bulls and cows, the number of grey cows was nine twentieths of the number of dun cattle, and the number of dun cows was eleven thirtieths of the number of piebald cattle, and the number of piebald cows was thirteen forty seconds of the number of white cattle. The problem was to find the composition of the herd. The problem is intermediate, but the solution in lowest integers is number of white bulls, ten million three hundred sixty six thousand four hundred eighty two grey bulls seven million 
460,514 dun bulls, 7,358,060 piebald bulls, 4,149,387 white cows, 7,206,360 gray cows, 4,893,246 dun cows, 3,515,820 piebald cows, 5,439,213 in the classical solution attributed to Archimedes, these numbers are multiplied by 80. Nesselman believes, from internal evidence, that the problem has been falsely attributed to Archimedes. It certainly is unlike his extant work, but it was attributed to him among the ancients, and is generally thought to be genuine, though possibly it has come down to us in a modified form. It is in verse, and a later copyist has added the additional conditions that the sum of the white and grey bills shall be a square number, and the sum of the piebald and dun bills be a triangular number. It is perhaps worthy of note that in the Annunciation the fractions are represented as a sum of fractions whose numerators are unity. Thus Archimedes wrote 1 over 7 plus 1 over 6 instead of 1340 seconds, in the same way as Ames would have done. See above, page 4. 4. On mechanics, the extant work of Archimedes are two in number, namely a. his mechanics and b. his hydrostatics. a. The mechanics is a work on statics with a spherical reference to the equilibrium of plane laminas and to properties of their centers of gravity. It consists of 25 propositions in two books. In the first part of book one, most of the elementary properties of the center of gravity are proved, propositions one through eight. And in the remainder of book one, propositions nine through fifteen, and in book two, the centers of gravity of a variety of plane areas such as parallelograms, triangles, trapeziums, and parabolic areas are determined. b. Archimedes also wrote a treatise on levers, and perhaps on all the mechanical machines. The book is lost, but we know from Pappus that it contained a discussion on how a given weight could be moved with a given power. It was this work, probably, that Archimedes discussed the theory of a certain compound pulley consisting of three or more simple pulleys which he had invented and which was used in some public works in Syracuse. It is well known that he boasted that if he had but a fixed fulcrum he could move the whole earth, see above page 66, and a commentator of later date said that he added he would do it by using a compound pulley. C. His works on floating bodies contain 19 propositions in two books, and was the first attempt to apply mathematical reasoning to hydrostatics. The story of the manner in which his attention was directed to the subject is told by Vitruvius. Hiero, the king of Syracuse, had given some gold to a goldsmith to make into a crown. The crown was delivered, made up, and of the proper weight, but it was suspected that the workmen had appropriated a considerable proportion of the gold, replacing it by an equal weight of silver. Archimedes was thereupon consulted. 
shortly afterwards when in the public baths he noticed that his body was pressured upwards by a force which increased the more completely he was immersed in the water recognizing the value of the observation he rushed out just as he was and ran home through the streets shouting eureka eureka i have found it i have found it there to follow a later account on making accurate experiments he found that when equal weights of gold and silver were weighed in water they no longer appeared equal each seemed lighter than before by the weight of the water it displaced and as the silver was more bulky than the gold its weight was more diminished hence if on a balance he weighed the crown against an equal weight of gold then immersed the whole in water the gold would outweigh the crown if any silver had been used in its construction tradition says that the goldsmith was found to be fraudulent Archimedes began the work by proving that the surface of a fluid at rest is spherical, the center of the sphere being at the center of the earth. He then proved that the pressure of the fluid on a body wholly or partially immersed is equal to the weight of the fluid displaced, and thence found the position of the equilibrium of a floating body, which he illustrated by spherical segments and paraboloids of revolution floating on a fluid some of the latter problems involve geometrical reasoning of great complexity the following is a fair specimen of the questions considered a solid in the shape of a paraboloid of revolution of height h and latus rectum four a floats in water with its vertex immersed and its base wholly above the surface if the equilibrium be possible when the axis is not vertical, then the density of the body must be less than h minus 3a squared divided by h squared. Book 2, Proposition 4. When it is recollected that Archimedes was unacquainted with trigonometry or analytical geometry, the fact that he could discover and prove a proposition such as that just quoted will serve as an illustration of his powers of analysis. As an illustration of the influence of Archimedes on the history of mathematics, I may mention that the science of statics rested on his theory of the lever until 1586, when Stevinius published his treatise on statics, and no distinct advance was made in the theory of hydrostatics until Stevinius in the same work investigated the laws which regulate the pressure of fluids. See below, page 248. 5. We know both from occasional references in his works and from remarks by other writers that Archimedes was largely occupied in astronomical observations. He wrote a book, Peris Feriopis, on the construction of a celestial sphere, which is lost, and he constructed a sphere of the stars and an orrery. These, after the capture of Syracuse, were taken by Marcellus to Rome, and were preserved as curiosities for at least two or three hundred years. This mere catalogue of his works will shew how wonderful were his achievements, but no one who has not actually read some of his writings can form a just appreciation of his extraordinary ability. 
this will be still further increased if we recollect that the only principles used by archimedes in addition to those contained in euclid's elements and conic sections are that all lines like a c b a d b connecting two points a and b the straight line is the shortest and that of the curved lines the inner one a d b is shorter than the outer one a c b together with two similar statements for space of three dimensions in the old and medieval world archimedes was unanimously reckoned as the first of mathematicians and in the modern world there is no one but newton who can be compared with him perhaps the best tribute to his fame is the fact that those writers who have spoken most highly of his work and ability are those who have been themselves the most distinguished men of their generation End of chapter four part two